Hi everyone, and welcome to Mind Body Green's beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. I'm your host and beauty director, Alexandra Engler. So today I want to talk about something that's probably been on all of our minds quite a bit lately and, you know, over this past year. Today we're going to be talking about stress and specifically how stress impacts your skin. It's a topic we've talked about here and there in several of our episodes, but I want to get a little bit more specific today. So in general, it's probably really hard not to feel stressed right now for a wide variety of reasons. Over a year ago, most of our lives were completely upended in ways big and small, and we dealt with hardship after hardship. Now, even as things are starting to open up and perhaps feel a little bit more optimistic, people have also expressed additional stress about going back to the office, social anxiety, and all of that residual trauma and grief. That is a lot of stress on and in our bodies. So on a basic level, you probably understand that stress affects your body. You know this instinctively. You can feel your body hurt and ache when you're stressed. Maybe you feel scatterbrained, sluggish, fatigued, or just generally off. You may even lose sleep. You may feel jittery, but it can also affect the way you look too. You might look more tired, exhausted, less vibrant. You may have breakouts. Your skin may feel more sensitive and irritated. So that's what we're here to talk about today, your skin on stress. Now, your skin may not be the most important reason to reevaluate your stress levels and try to get them under control, but that doesn't mean it doesn't deserve a place in this discussion because it does a number on your skin. And remember, your skin is you. So when I thought about who would be the best to talk about bridging the gap between your mind, and your skin, one woman came to mind, Dr. Amy Wexler. She is one of the small handful of physicians in this country who is double board certified in both dermatology and psychiatry. There is truly no one better to walk us through the connection between your brain and your skin. Because essentially, she has made it her calling to help people understand how their mental well-being influences their skin and vice versa. So without further ado, welcome. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. had a a long day in the office, um, but I'm not tired. I've got good energy. I'm happy to answer all your questions about stress and skin. So before we dive in, I just want everyone to get to know you a little bit better You obviously come to this conversation and this space with such a unique perspective, being, you know, both board certified in dermatology and psychiatry. So I just would like you to share your story and your journey with us. Was there a reason or a moment in your career where you decided you wanted to merge these topics together? Sure. So I first trained in adult psychiatry, and then I did a fellowship in child and adolescent psychiatry. And while I loved learning about psychiatry, I thought it, it was, it felt like being a graduate student, learning so much about the mind and the brain. It was fascinating. The practical aspect of being a psychiatrist didn't suit my personality. I missed the physical part of medicine. I felt like I was taking care of half of my patients. 
And one patient in particular stood out, a teenage boy with bipolar disorder, manic depression, who was on a medicine that was giving him very bad acne. And his mental illness was very severe, but the only thing he could think about was how bad his skin looked and how much it was affecting his self-esteem. And I remember thinking, I wish I could help him, you know, with the acne piece. We, um, and that, that was just one of many patients who kind of brought that out for me. And I, I um, took a couple of years to figure out what specialty made sense to combine with the psych. And I met with a bunch of different doctors and different specialties to try to figure it out. And when I thought long and hard about dermatology, it made sense to me to deal with the most internal organ, the brain, and the most external organ, the mind, because they're actually interconnected. When we're embryos, they come from the same layer of cells. So listen, when I first heard about how closely interconnected skin and brain cell development is and was, I was completely blown away. I think this is deeply fascinating. It's a dense topic, but a brief overview is this. During development, the entire nervous system, the skin, and sensory organs emerge from a single sheet of cells known as the ectoderm. And so they have so many interconnections, nerves and vascular supply, you know, blood supply and stuff, and one affects the other and vice versa, good and bad. And the more I thought about it, the more it made total sense. And then I was introduced to the chairman of my future derm department, Dr. Alan Shalita. He was the world's acne expert. He's passed away. He was actually looking to train a psychiatrist in dermatology because by the time patients got to him, he was this amazing expert, they may have seen 10 or 15 other dermatologists for their acne and they still had acne. They were depressed, they were anxious, they were stressed out, and he was very psychologically minded. So it just made sense to him and it made sense to me. And so I went back and did another three years of training, which was the end justifies the means there. That was tough. So to dive into today's topic, Stress. We know that stress influences us and everything in our bodies, basically, you know, skin included. But I'd love to dive into why this is happening. Can you can you please explain the connection there? Of course. So during stress, there's something called the fight or flight response. That was meant to get us out of danger where the danger was going to be over really quickly. And so there are molecules and hormones that are released, one of which is called cortisol which mobilizes your body and your brain to escape danger. It's good that that happens. It helps us, you know, when we were living on the savanna, escape an animal running after us <laughs> and put all the blood where it needed to go. But then when the stress was over, the cortisol levels went back down and the body recovered. The problem with chronic stress, so stress that's not just a quick fight or flight, but over hours and days and weeks and months is that the cortisol level stays up. It never goes back down. And cortisol pumping out for all this time causes a lot of problems in a lot of different organs. In the skin in particular, it causes inflammation. It's a pro-inflammatory molecule. So, you know, when we talk about stress, the stress hormone cortisol so often comes up. We talk about it quite a bit here. I talk about it in my writing a lot. But I would love if you could just explain how cortisol messes with this skin. Um, you know, what what can people expect to see in their skin when they're stressed out? Sure. So cortisol does a lot of bad things to the skin, unfortunately. So if you think about inflammation, many skin diseases are diseases of inflammation. Acne is the one that most people are like, yeah, of course, I get stress pimples. Um, and 
those studies were done years ago on college campuses during final exams. They would they actually paid graduate students to do to pimple count in the undergrads. And during the other time of the semester when there weren't exams, pimple count was, let's say, people had five. I'm just making that up. But during exams, it was like five times that. And so that was just proven that during periods of stress, acne goes up, and that's a disease of inflammation. But anything else can flare up. Eczema, psoriasis, any itchy rashes. What also happens with cortisol, and people hate when I say this, but it's true, is it breaks down collagen. That is not good because that's when wrinkles start to form. That's when patients come in and say, I am telling you, I didn't have this line on my face two weeks ago. And I'm like, okay, what is going on in your life? There's always something. Okay. So, you know, we know that stress is unavoidable for all of us in some capacity. There is just no way that we can avoid it all in all instances of our life. It's unrealistic to ask people to to live that sort of way. So, you know, when we when we talk about stress, I do like to be mindful to bring out the fact that, you know, we a certain amount of stress is normal, but what we're talking about here so often is either intense moments of stress or the more insidious, you know, the long-term chronic low-grade stress that really does a number on us. And, you know, I think that latter one is is one that is really affecting a lot of us in modern society. Can you explain this concept of stress that is just, it's, it's constant, but it's kind of at that like low burn? Well, long-term chronic stress definitely speeds up aging. And so we can talk about that and it sounds super depressing, but there's so many ways to break the chronic stress cycle um, and lots of hope there. But chronic stress definitely causes people to look haggard and tired and form more wrinkles. The skin loses its bounce and its elasticity. Also, the barrier to the skin doesn't work as well when there's cortisol around. So it gets leaky. It's called transepidermal water loss. Leaky skin appears more dry and it becomes more sensitive. So Sensitive skin, which I've always had, means you can't tolerate certain fragrances and products and like easily irritated. Well, a lot of people go along and their skin is not sensitive until they're stressed. And then they're like, wait a second, this product has always been great for me. Why do I have a rash? Because they're temporarily sensitive because of it. So, you know, in terms of timing, what do we see right away versus long-term? You know, I, I feel so often that people don't take issues seriously until they see the problem happening or the side effect happening or the symptom happening. So, you know, when something happens immediately after the fact, it it does feel more urgent and more pressing, you know, versus signs of stress showing up weeks or months or years after the fact. So can you just help us put in context the timeline of side effects of stress on the skin? Well, they can, you know, if, if you actually spend a night like not sleeping, pull an all-nighter, definitely can see it on your face the next day. No, you don't have like deep lines and wrinkles, but the color of your skin isn't as healthy. You know, you look tired. What does looking tired mean? You know, if there's a sallowness or a, to the skin, the color, it's usually the color isn't great. It's not so radiant. No, you don't have new wrinkles, but if that goes on and you're, I often talk about sleep and stress because it's the rare person who's super stressed out, who's sleeping very well. And the good thing about sleep is that's when we heal. So everyone's like, ah, what do I do to lower my cortisol level? Take a nap, sleep well, because cortisol is at its lowest during sleep and all those molecules that heal, that grow collagen, that heal inflammation are highest during sleep. Those are called like, they're, 
different molecules, but beta endorphins, growth hormones, oxytocin. So on this podcast, we talk about hormones quite a bit. You know, we have previously talked about sex hormones. Today, we're really diving into cortisol. And, you know, we often bring up the sleep hormone melatonin. But she just mentioned a few other hormones that I think are super important. So I want to uh, break out here. There is beta endorphins, growth hormones, and oxytocin. So here's just a little rundown. So beta endorphins play a role in pain tolerance and the feeling of euphoria. In the skin, it improves wound healing, hydration levels, and even firmness. So growth hormones have many, many, many effects on the skin, depending on what type we're talking about. Some can have negative effects, you know, such as acne or rosacea flare-ups. Others can have really, really positive effects. Now, when you sleep, it has a positive effect because these can help your body recover and restore skin cells that may have been damaged throughout the day. Finally, oxytocin. Oxytocin is our love hormone and it has a positive effect on the skin because it can actually help reduce free radical damage in the body. And interestingly enough, oxytocin can be released through skin to skin contact. Those are highest during sleep. So I think right away, if you're really stressed out, you notice something, but it takes weeks and months to see, you know, deep wrinkles and that kind of thing. So stress has certainly been on many of our minds lately, you know, thanks thanks to the past year and thanks to us, you know, beginning to reemerge into the world. Um, what sort of differences have you seen in your patients over the past year? What are you seeing as signs of stressed skin? Are there any trends that you're noticing that were unique to this past year and unique to now? Yes. And what's happening is people are looking at themselves a lot more than usual because they're on a lot of Zoom and similar kind of phone calls. So usually if you're at work, like you're interacting with other people, you look at you look at yourself when you go to the bathroom in the mirror, but you're not staring at yourself back at a computer screen all day. So I think that's actually not good for self-esteem. But also when people are only communicating with other humans on the, on a screen, I think people, like, for example, are use, overusing their facial muscles, their muscles of expression, because they're not in person, so they can't use their body language, and they can't get the nuances of language and, you know, and everything you get from an in-person human mask-off experience. And they're, like, overly using these muscles on their face, and they're like, oh, my God, I am making my wrinkles so fast, or this line wasn't there. And they're, it's real. Everything they're saying is happening. So it's a combination of the chronic stress and being constantly on a screen, looking at yourself, getting more stressed out about that, overusing muscles. There's a lot of reasons right now where people are seeing stress on their face. I do think it's helpful. Like a lot of people have found good ways to de-stress. And I know like there's so many articles and so many podcasts about that exercising, you know, getting fresh air every day. It's hard sometimes to get outside, but like I force myself no matter the weather to get out there. I know it lowers my stress levels. So I think your practice must be so fascinating because, you know, you probably operate a bit differently than a traditional germ given your background. So I'm curious how, how you treat and handle patients who come in, you know, given your work and your education in your philosophy. So like hypothetically, let's say I'm a new patient and I come in to see you, 
how, how do you work with me? Will you walk me through that process? You know, what sort of questions do you ask? How do you evaluate my skin? Sure. So first I always sit with a patient. I think it, it invites people to open up and talk more. And it also sends a message like I'm not in a rush, I'm not rushing off to my next patient. Like here we are. And then I ask open-ended questions. So I've always, when I first started out, not everybody knew I was a psychiatrist. So it, so I think it may have seemed weird to some people for me to ask them how they're sleeping and how their relationships are and what's going on with their sex life. And, you know, like, um, I'm here for a skin thing, you know, like, oh, I'm also a psychiatrist because a lot of people walk around with undiagnosed and therefore untreated anxiety and depression and sleep disorders and all sorts of stuff. And I always like all these studies that look at like when someone goes to a doctor, what are they looking for? And you would think like they're looking for a diagnosis and a cure. But mo the majority of answers in all those surveys, every specialty combined, is patients are looking to be heard. They just want someone to listen to them and understand what they're going through. Sure, they'd like to be cured and made better, but it's just, it's hard to walk around with, with a symptom, with stress, with all sorts of stuff and not talk to anybody. And so just asking someone how they are and sitting there and listening, I think is really helpful. And then I'll ask pointed questions. So I ask open-ended questions. I do ask details about sleep. I fall asleep, staying asleep. What time do you wake up? Like about exercise, about relationships, about work, school. And then of course we get into the skincare stuff, but um, there's always a psychological component to something. Like a woman comes in wanting laser hair removal on her upper lip. Sure that laser is easy to do, um, straightforward enough anyway, but you know, I get into how has she been removing the hair and the psychological meaning behind that. And it, it just helps to not be alone with all of these things. Sure. That's probably so validating for so many people. And, you know, it's so important for our skins, but our it's so important for our skin, but our bodies in general to find that connection and find someone who can affirm our struggles and, you know, make us feel seen. I think, you know, we know that so many people don't necessarily see themselves reflected in the beauty industry and to have somebody who validates their feelings is so vital. But another thing that is a really valuable part of this conversation and important to note is, is the connection between skin health and confidence because I think there is an element of that here, you know, when you're talking when you're talking to a patient, you know, you're you're trying to help them build their self-confidence. And we know that that has a lot to do with their mental health as well. You know, obviously there's this huge connection. Can you explain this to us? You know, the, the how the skin and self-confidence and mental health kind of work together? Sure. Let's take an acne patient, for example. So often someone will come in, I treat a lot of acne with a face full of acne. And they often, if that's the case, you know, they a lot of people, it affects their self-esteem. So their eye contact might not be so great. Their posture is not so great. Their grooming, maybe not so great. And they're down. And, and we talk about it all. And I make sure they're not severely depressed, anxious, all this stuff. And I tell them, like, I can clear up your skin. We're going to work together. I'm definitely going to clear it up. But it won't happen overnight. You know, most acne things take at least six to eight weeks to start working. But over the course of months, while I'm clearing someone up, they blossom. They literally start standing up straight, making eye contact, smiling. And we always talk about what's going on in their lives. And all of a sudden they're taking 
chances, safe chances, but they're putting themselves out there in the world. So it might be, you know, they're leaving an unhappy job or they ask for a promotion or they go on a date or, you know, they just try something new that they just were too nervous about doing or not confident enough when their skin was breaking out. And they can absolutely link the two. So we've talked a lot about stress and all the problems that it can cause. Let's talk solutions. What, what can you do to reduce stress in your life? And what do you tell people? What do you tell your patients? Yes. So, well, I do often sound like a broken record about sleep because it's so important and no one wants to hear that adults need seven and a half to eight hours of sleep a night, but we do. And Americans, like we think we can shortcut that and we'll catch up on sleep later, you know, but, and, and sleep is a luxury and not a necessity, but that's just not true. And there's so much data to back that up, but no matter what you do, it won't work as well if you're not sleeping well. And um, so I get into the nitty gritty about sleep. And sometimes I even have to send someone to a sleep specialist if there's something really going on with their sleep. Um, But often I can help and I can at least bring to the person's awareness how important it is. And I don't just say, oh, sleep more. I think that's not helpful. So I really get into the details and stuff. And I start slow, you know, adding a half an hour a night. I'm not going to have someone add three hours a night at once. It's extreme. So that's one thing. And then there's so many different ways to break that stress cycle during the day while we're awake. And it has to make sense for that person's life. So you can't just say like exercise. Well, what kind of exercise and what's good for you? And what can you do? And do you have any physical limitations and all this stuff? Getting fresh air has been shown to break that stress cycle and lower cortisol. Well, that's awesome. You know, and it's only, you only need like 15 minutes a day. Another thing that's great, which is hard to do right now is connecting with a friend in person. So that's been really hard though. I, you know, the studies on this were done before there was Skype and zoom and everything. So I do think seeing a friend or FaceTime, um, is, is better than just texting, whether it's on a screen or not, though I've been taking some walks with friends, not often enough, but whenever I do, I feel so much better. And then there's so many other ways to, you know, there's breathing techniques, there's yoga, there's stretching, there's meditation, um, sex really lower stress level and helps people sleep. So that's a good thing to do. <laughs> Sex as part of your skincare routine. I love it. I know. Oh, I always embarrass my kids when I bring that one up, but, it, but there's, good, there's good data about it. So yes, sex is great for the skin. It is true. Studies show that women who are sexually active, which includes masturbation, tend to have higher levels of estrogen since the hormone is released during an orgasm. Estrogen is a key hormone in the function of your skin, blood vessels, hair follicles, and oil glands. One study on over 3,000 men and women even found that those who had sex three times a week appeared seven to 12 years younger than their actual age. Um, and then there's other like practical skin things to do, like being very mindful about sun protection and sunscreen. And then um, preventative things like using prescription Retin-A at night. Like there's plenty of just skin specific things to do. Good moisturizer, not smoking, you know, that kind of stuff. So how do you reduce your stress levels personally? You know, you said that it's so important for people to find ways to reduce stress that works for them in their lives. So, you know, I'm just so curious how somebody 
preaches this, how do they practice it? For me in this past year, it's really been about getting outside and, and just walking. I'm not a runner. I ride an exercise bike that I've had for years indoors, and that's been great for me too, but walking. And, I, and sometimes, like on a weekend, if I don't have an errand to run, I literally have to force myself to go outside because if I don't have a destination and it's not nice out, so I'm not seeing you know friend or something, it's like, oh, okay. But every time I do it, it makes me feel better. So I just remind myself of the last time I did it and how it made me feel better. So I walk to and from work and then I just walk as much as I can. I love that you bring up this idea of thinking ahead and like forcing yourself to realize that it's going to make you feel better in the long run. You know, this is a trick that works for me. I think it works for a lot of people too. Um, You know, anytime I don't want to do something, whether it's leave the house, go to a workout, you know, have the healthy option for dinner or lunch or, you know, whatever it is. I just, I try to tell myself that, you know, hey, this made you feel so good the last time you did it. You know, last, the last time you went out for, for a workout, the last time that you had that healthy dinner, you know, it, you felt good about yourself afterwards. And so, you know, trying to remind myself of that feeling, it is a really, really good motivator for myself. And I do think a lot of people, you know, we so often in the beauty space talk about preventative skincare or, you know, preventative anti-aging is a term that gets thrown around a lot, even if that's not a phrase that we use here at Mind Buddy Green. But, you know, I feel like stuff like this is preventative skincare too. You know, you're thinking of ahead. You're saying, hey, I know that this is going to reduce my stress in the long run. And I know that that is going to help my skin. Is that not, you know, preventative skincare too, right? Absolutely. Even Coco Chanel talked about inner beauty reflecting on the outside, you know, all those years ago. So um, I think that's for sure true. And whatever it is for you, I also, on the Monterey Bay Aquarium website, they have um, live cameras. That There's one that I watch, the otter cam. Because watching those little otters just float around and they just look happy to me, that relaxes me. Okay, I found something, you know. And then I mentioned to you before we started recording, my daughter and I started our own podcast in the fall. It's called, Am I Embarrassing You? And it's a a mother-daughter podcast. And we talk about difficult to talk about subjects and it's funny and it's poignant and we have guests. And that has been so much fun to have a project and to do it with my daughter has been like amazing. We'd always wanted to do something together, but we couldn't figure out what. And we also weren't taking the time. We weren't home so much. So we're taking advantage of being home and we figured out how to make, do something productive with all that time at home. Yeah. I think having projects and things to look forward to is such a big part of happiness and stress reduction. You know, I, I look at all these studies that say, if you have something that you feel passionate about, something that just feels right, whether it's a hobby, whether it's work, whether, you know, it is something that has to do with your family, whether it's, you know, something that you are preparing for in the future, you know, that really, really can bring joy and stress reduction into your life. And it can really help you push through those harder moments and to just take it back to the skincare of it all. You can kind of see it too. You know, I, I, you can kind of see it too, you know, when you're less stressed and you're happier, there's a a reason why people will tell you that you're glowing or you look great or, you know, all of these things, even if you haven't really changed too much about your actual physical logistical routine, there is a certain glow that comes with feeling happy and passionate and joyful. 
I, I wrote my book, which is called The Mind Beauty Connection, um, in 2008. And when I. Wow, 2008, so ahead of your time. I know. I think sometimes I'm a little bit ahead of myself, and that's not great. But when I reread it now, some a lot of the products have changed that I'll recommend, but the major thoughts behind that are still there. You know, all the connections between mind and skin and what we can do to break the stress cycle and how there is hope, you know, and, and what it means to give your skin a vacation, you know, and all that stuff. Like no one's taking vacations right now. And so in the book, it was about like nine days to improving your skin. Because if you can think back the last time you took a vacation, when you came back from a vacation, coworkers would say like, wow, you look great. You know, what'd you do different? Well, you had no stress for a week, right? You slept well and you took care of yourself and that shows on your skin. So what's that about? It's all that we've been talking. So I love the idea of a skin vacation. I think that's brilliant. And, you know, just vacations in general, I think is something that we all appreciate so much more now than perhaps we ever have in the past. God, just given everything that we went through this past year and now that traveling is sort of start to opening up again, you know, I think that we really see how happy it made us and, you know, what wonders it can do for our stress and what wonders it can do for, for our skin. But, you know, it, obviously people are, are starting to travel again, but, you know, some people, you know, some places aren't fully open or maybe people still are still struggling financially and not able to take that vacation that they wanted to or maybe the travel that they have to do now is more, you know, purpose oriented rather than relaxation oriented. So how how did you find ways to incorporate a, you know, vacation mindset in quarantine for example? You know, what are some some ways that people can can really adapt a vacation mindset if they're not vacationing right now or if they're not able to take breaks because I do think that is still a large part of, you know, what people are going through. I found at the beginning of quarantine, I couldn't concentrate on reading and I'm such a big reader. I restarted that in December. I don't, I just couldn't, but so I started watching TV and for me, like not stressful TV, but I actually watch more TV than I have in years, not during the day at work, but you know, at night or on weekends. And I found some amazing shows that were hilarious. And I shared them with other people who were watching them in their homes. And then we could talk about it. So that's been kind of a fun thing. I love that. I feel like this past year has been a year of uh, indulging yourself to make up for all the things that we couldn't do. But it is a struggle, you know, I to find that vacation and mindset when um, you're not on vacation. I think that's something that I spent some time trying to work on this past year is really focusing my attention and my mindfulness on being present and being relaxed and be in quote unquote vacation mode, you know, whenever I can. And so that was something that I, you know, I, I really have been trying to work on. Have you figured out how to do that? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's truly just been about spending as much time outdoors as possible and visiting friends. You know, I have been able to briefly travel to visit friends, which was very lovely after I was vaccinated. And that was really, really great. But, you know, when I otherwise I've just been in town and, you know, I've just I've really just tried to spend time outdoors and enjoy 
time with the people that I love. And I try to take some personal days here and there too, just so it doesn't feel that I'm working all the time. You know, my buddy green fully remote in the pandemic. And, you know, it, it was hard to close the computer at the end of the day and clock out because I sort of felt like, well, what else am I going to do? I might as well finish this story or send that email. Um, but that can lead to burnout fast. And we know that. So, you know, I, I really had to focus on encouraging myself to take work off or, you know, whatever it was. So, you know, the last thing that I want to get into is how do you take care of yourself and your skin? This can be product related, but also lifestyle and habits. Tell me what you do. So I, I sleep well. That's, I really do. I really, I sleep usually eight hours a night. So, and if I don't, I can, I can work. I feel like eight hours a night is almost unheard of now. How do you do it? Tell me your secrets. <laughs> so I turn everything off. Like there's no agitating news on the phone, like for a couple of hours before I go to bed. I might play a game on my phone. Um, I like to read or I really like sports. I'm, I was kind of a jock. Like I would watch ESPN and that would be relaxing to me. But um I've been walking everywhere. Like I said, that's been helping a ton. Riding my exercise bike, not as often as I should be, but I'm, I'm trying to work on that. Um, I wear sunscreen every day. Whatever is exposed to get sunscreen, I don't want to be caught. Like all of a sudden it's sunny and I'm not protected. My skin is so fair that I need it. And I think also for me, I'm, I'm big into routines and I think routines lower stress levels. So I'm not thinking every day, ooh, is today a sunscreen day or not? No, every day is a sunscreen day. I do that. I moisturize um, one night a week, sometimes two, but usually I can't tolerate it. I use prescription Retin-A. And I wash my skin with a very basic cleanser. I have really sensitive skin. So, and I'll use a serum and the moisturizer in the morning and at night, Retin-A once a week. So that's really it for my skincare routine. Um, very simple. How does diet play a role in your skincare? Do you do you factor that in? I like to eat a lot of antioxidants. I just think they're healthy, for at least for my internal organs and my brain, which I think indirectly is good for my skin. So green tea, berries, a little dark chocolate, very occasionally a little bit of wine. Yeah. I mean, we know that eating well just helps your whole body and therefore, you know, at least indirectly helps your skin. You know, if you're eating a balanced diet and taking care of yourself, then you're probably doing some pretty good things to help your skin on some level. Yes, for sure. I think that's true. I just think the flip side of that is tricky. Like I'll see a lot of women who come in with acne, women and men, and they've changed everything, you know, and they're eating the most healthy diet and they're still breaking out like crazy because um, if someone has severe nodulocystic acne, nothing's going to cure it that, you know, no diet change really is going to cure it. So then those people feel bad. Yeah. I think that's actually a really important point to bring up because certainly there are a lot of people, people that I know, our readers, our listeners who probably still have some acne or rosacea or eczema and they get frustrated because otherwise they're living really, really healthy lives. They're eating right. They're doing all the things that we tell them they should be doing and they aren't necessarily seeing the um, the reduction in in these symptoms as as much as they would like. And I guess from my perspective, I've always held the belief that skin is a complex organ. And while you can't ever treat a condition with one fix, like 
changing your diet or, you know, changing X, Y, Z, you can manage your body and your skin by, you know, living a holistically healthy life, eating included. I just, I think healthy habits beget healthy habits. I think so too. I think it's the rare person who's super healthy and smoking cigarettes or super healthy and eating, you know, fried food every day. I think it all feeds on itself in a, no pun intended, in a positive way. Yeah. These, these changes tend to waterfall into other choices. So, you know, if you are able to make a small step here with your mental health and reduce stress, you might find that you feel more in a you might find that you feel in a better mood to make changes elsewhere, whether it's, you know, you go for that workout, you know, you eat that healthy dinner, you go and you see your friends or, you know, you, you do something like you make sure you wash your face every night. You know, earlier in the episode, I think you mentioned that, um, when people are depressed, they, they neglect their hygiene, you know? So when they start feeling better about themselves and they, you know, make these, these stress reduction choices, they may find that, you know, they, they want to, take care of their skin better. So there's that practical end to it as well. It's just, you know, to me, this is, I always try to remember that this is all interconnected in some way, even if it's not obvious or directly, this all overlaps. Well, listen, I think we had such a fascinating conversation about stress and skin. I loved chatting with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am sure this will be helpful for a lot of listeners out there. So thank you again. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, just popping back in here to say thanks for joining us this week at Clean Beauty School. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you're looking for more beauty content or just wellness content in general, don't forget to check out our website, mindbodygreen.com, our Instagram, mindbodygreen, and of course, our parent podcast, the Mind Body Green Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review us. Thanks again. See you next week.